Hello human, welcome along, my name is Kieran. This is the Kieran McMeekin podcast and this podcast was brought to you by The Brothers Green. The Brothers Green, for those of you who don't know, are a New Zealand-based hemp food company that specialises in producing the best quality hemp oil, seeds, protein and fibre and, I prematurely said and before, and nutritious bars called the Hempy Bar, which is an epic little nutritious bar for children that is currently in stores throughout New Zealand, so keep an eye out for that. Brothers Green are on a mission to eliminate chronic disease through nutrition and they're achieving this by utilising premium New Zealand-grown hemp, nature's most nutrition, nutrient-dense seed. I've battled with that. Nutritious? Nu- nutrient. Hemp, for those of you who don't know, if you've been living in a hole for a while, hemp is all the rage at the moment and there's a reason for that because it is a complete protein containing all 20 amino acids as well as a good source of essential fatty acids specifically omega-3 and 6 which means it's a great plant-based alternative to fish oil which is awesome using only premium south island grown crops you won't find any nasties either using spray-free hemp seeds and organic where possible meaning their range will not only benefit your health but the health of the land too woo hoo I love hemp. Uh, I've been using hemp oil for a long time. Chuck it in my smoothies. Dash it on salads. I even use it on my skin sometimes. It is just, I really love the taste. It's very nutty, just natural, yummy taste. I just had a smoothie before. I was using hemp protein and hemp seeds in there. And it's just really filling, really uh, nutritious. It's great for your brain. Those omega acids, omega 3 and 6 uh, essential fatty acids acids are just awesome and it's a great alternative to fish oil it's a great alternative to whey protein if you're like me and you can't process dairy very well for me it clugs up my throat I get a lot of grossness in there and it messes with my skin so wherever possible I like to avoid it and hemp is a great alternative for that so if you go to the Brothers Green website, which is thebrothersgreen.co, you can get 15% off all of all of their products. That's the hemp oil, the hemp seeds, the hemp protein, the hemp fiber. And if you use the promo code CM Podcast on checkout, as I say, you'll get 15% off. So that's thebrothersgreen.co using the promo code CM Podcast, all lowercase, all one word. CM podcast, you will get 15% off your order. Booyah! This week on the podcast, I had a friend of mine, Jared Adair. Jared is an incredible artist. He's done a little bit of artwork for me. He he actually did the Tidal Wave and Pure Intentions artwork, which if any of you follow my music, I'm sure you would have seen those artworks. They're really cool. He's really cool graphic designs that are just super epic. He has a background in graffiti, which was really interesting for me to kind of hear a little bit more about the backstory and like what graffiti is. I didn't really know, excuse me, that was my smoothie, there was a smoothie bowl burp just then. There it was again. I didn't really know much about graffiti, you know, I just see the tags there and I don't, I, to me it's kind of dodgy or a little seedy and, and <laughs> on a lot of cases it is, but Jared really enlightened me on, on the other side of it, the artistic, the expressive expressive side of it. And he's done a lot of murals on walls, and now he, he's just so prolific. He's constantly churning out these really interesting, cool pieces of artwork, and he's doing it with paint. He's also doing it digitally. Really cool dude. Told me a little bit about his four-year journey from cycling from Canada to Patagonia as well. He's super interesting dude. I met him last year while I was traveling in Bali and he was working in a little shop. We would just sit there and drink coffee and talk about life together. So it was so awesome to get him on the podcast. I'm sure you'll really enjoy this conversation. Thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. Peace. Humanity's consciousness is reflected in our society. It's the innately human belief system. Oh, yeah. We get stronger because we learn how to cope with these things as we grow about these real real things we just said it was so similar man welcome to the kieran mcmeekin podcast kia ora bro hey kieran how are you man 
So good. Thanks we've for having me. Good to have you here, bro. Good to see you again. And you've just done a you've just climbed the Mount Everest of troubleshooting technical bullshit to get on this podcast. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, we didn't even solve the problem, but you know, we're here and we're talking and hopefully someone's gonna listen. Yeah, exactly. And this is the funny thing about podcasts is like the quite like in terms of quality, you know, in terms like music, the quality of even WAV files or MP3 files, the difference between record players and and CD, you know, the different quality and stuff, mm-hmm. and and technical people get really caught up in it, and you know, you've got to have the best quality, you've got to have the the best possible product, but at the end of the day, I can still hear you, I can still see you, and even if it's a lower bit rate and it's like lesser quality, I can still. It doesn't matter when like all that really matters is what you're saying. Yeah. We're just working with a dirty needle, man. And we're going to, we're still <laughs> going to get some soul out of the whole deal, you know? Yeah, man. Do you find yeah. like, do you find with painting and stuff? Cause I, I noticed say in my world with music, um, obviously equipment matters. It's great to have a good, a good quality guitar, you know, a good acoustic guitar does make a difference, but you could still write the world's best song on a $50 shitty guitar from a secondhand store, you know? Yeah. Do you find with painting, like your tools matter, you know, do you, in terms of the canvas you're painting on or the, cause I know you use quite interesting brushes or like pens, these kind of interesting shaped pens and stuff that you. Yeah. Use, I think but, that it does, but also like having the ability to use less desired items makes you appreciate the higher end ones a bit more. And like the, like kind of what's gone into that. Yeah. I think my main reference for that would be with like growing up with spray paint. Yes. And we would always use like dollar store cans or it was before there was like a graffiti specific spray paint. So it was always like one pressure, just super high pressure and it moves fast and it's inconsistent and you didn't have like different nozzles and stuff. And now you can have like these super low pressure where you can literally just like hold it against the wall and it's not going to drip. You have every color under the rainbow. What? Whereas before we would like mix spray paint together with one frozen can and one hot can and have a nozzle that mixed colors together. So then you didn't even know what color you actually had until you went painting. So yeah, I think just um, it matters. But yeah, for me, I really just enjoy using what I have around me and trying to figure things out. It makes for a, a bit of a different outcome than a standardized procedure of so making brushes and just kind of using whatever I have around me to make it work is um, it's a learning process, but it's fun. Yeah, and you kind of you've got to you've got to do it. You know, as a creator, you've just got to use whatever tools you have available to you. Bro, tell me about graffiti because graffiti is one of these really interesting topics for ninety nine point nine percent of people have no idea. We just see the graffiti around the cities and stuff and but you never see anyone doing it like i these days you may see artists doing murals um where i come from in dunedin new zealand there's a big street art kind of culture popped up in the last 10 years where there's lots of street art around the city now and it's so epic man it's just the most amazing artists like yourself just making the city um like interesting like really interesting artwork it's not like cheesy you know um, land, not that landscapes are cheesy, but you know what I mean? It's like really interesting artwork where you look at it and it makes you think. And that's a really cool yeah, thing. Yeah, I feel but- like um, graffiti in itself has a different voice and maybe a different um, kind of perception to a lot of people. Yeah. Which, I mean, the ego of graffiti is that I don't care about you. I'm writing my name wherever I want. And that's essentially that's the goal is to write your name on more people's things than anybody else. Really? Yeah. So I mean, the- I think that that's it. Like for, in terms of like the tagging and like the stuff oh, the that tagging. nobody really liked, I think yeah, that's yeah, everyone yeah. who does graffiti's favorite thing, because then you can be driving around on your daily, on your daily routine and you see something that you knew wasn't there yesterday. Yeah. So the whole concept of like, while you were sleeping, somebody was out there climbing this building, writing on this stuff, especially in Canada in like minus however cold it is outside. Yeah. And they were out here 
scribbling on this bus station or painting this cube van or whatever it is. And the like the whole mission aspect to it of like not getting caught, climbing on places you're not supposed uh, to be. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's like stealing the paint <laughs> because you're going out and painting so much that there's no way you're going to be paying for paint. So there's a whole sub kind of like behind the scenes sort of thing that's happening yeah. with it that's super interesting. Yeah. That and it attracts people from all different backgrounds. It's pretty incredible, like the variety of people that you meet within it, you know, and it yeah. consumes people. Really? I've never, man, this is the first time I've ever given it any thought. It must be so exciting, like going out there and doing it. And, and you know, and I, is it illegal? I'm assuming it's illegal to like tag. Yeah, it's very illegal. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think there's only like, it's a dumb question. Now, my understanding, anyways, this could be completely wrong, but there's like kind of like a couple things that you're not supposed to paint, you know? Oh, it's like graffiti like you don't code. paint on a church and you oh, don't yeah. paint on like, I don't know, maybe a statue or like something like that, but everything else you're good to go. So that, so there's code within the graffiti artist that it's just kind of like, sort of. So I of. think some people don't give a shit and they just go and paint a church or they go paint whatever, but yeah. To me, if the goal is just writing your name on things and making people recognize that their surroundings are changing and that um, it can be a landmark or whatever it is, I, you know, those people are winning really because they're being noticed and people are talking about. It. Yeah. What about? It might, might not be positive in any way whatsoever, but. What you about know, you, bro? How did, yeah, I guess that you know, it's just causing something. You're just creating something. Something happened out of nothing and and right. you you know it's it's power you feel power it makes you feel powerful you know right but nobody um, thinks of like advertising as a form of graffiti it's just the yeah. fact that they have money to pay for it so it's like yeah. you're walking down the street and you see this nike ad you see this gap ad you see whatever ad and you don't question it it's just there because they can do it mm. whereas if you see somebody's name written then you're like on somebody's door or like whatever it is it's like oh well that's there and then yeah. there's, there's an old graffiti book called The Broken Window Theory. Yeah. Which pretty much explains that if there's graffiti in one place, then another person's going to come and do graffiti there. And then it just snowballs into like the whole place being absolutely covered because one person started it, you know? Right. So different um, municipalities and different cities deal with it in different ways to kind of help avoid that. And my hometown put a $5,000 fine on graffiti, like a minimum fine. Wow. So that deterred a lot of people from going out and doing what they were doing because the fine was ridiculous. Like, you know, some cities it's like, oh, you're going to go pay $80 no matter what you painted. Yeah. Whereas in Calgary, it's like you could be at Ikea and scratch your name in the back of the bathroom door and pop come and it's five grand. And that's just it. There's no like lower charge. Yeah, it's just graffiti, boom, five grand. Yeah, so it's like that. I think that deterred a lot of people from just going out unquestionably destroying people's property. And how did you like? How did you get into it? And what was your main motivation for getting into gra graffiti? Yeah. Man, it was like grade six, I think, something yeah. like that. And there was a kid like just drawing eggs, like writing his name and like with arrows and like cool little stars and doodads no i was just like what are you doing and he was like oh like what's your tag you know <laughs> I like, oh, like i don't know <laughs> and then like you had to have um, a tag yeah i think i ended up just thinking of like elmo i was like oh i'm gonna write elmo you know? Oof, that's pretty dope and then yeah it just was constant trouble from there really like <laughs> although my dad like took me there was this place that was like a abandoned uh, fire tunnel so it was a pretty big tunnel and he worked by there and he's like oh i saw these like guys in there spray paint and he's like it looks super cool it's like a kilometer long and it just has graffiti like through the whole thing he's like he's like we should go there this is when i was like maybe 13 or something oh, so cool. like i roll up there on like a saturday afternoon when like all these dudes like the whole scene of graffiti is painting in there you know mm-hmm everyone's smoking and skateboarding and it's just this place where i don't think any parent would want their kid to go you know <laughs> and i showed up there with my dad and my little brother and my dad like brought 
bought me paint and was like helping me like roll out the background and he's going around like checking out other people's stuff and like telling me about their techniques of painting a bubble or like making what? things look dimensional or like their process or whatever and it's it was pretty wild because now i like i paint with those guys when i like am at home or like you know they have graffiti jams and they're all guys that i work together with now and we have like a mutual respect wow. so it's pretty cool to like see that was that um like out of the ordinary for your dad to do that or was it was he, is your dad that kind of guy that's just super curious and like not really afraid of that underground no thing. i think that he was just more like he thought it was cool you know yeah red and i knew you know he always knew that i was going out and doing things and he just told me like he's like i'm i can tell you not to do it but i know you're gonna go do it anyway so he's mm -hmm. just like be careful if you get caught i i can't help you out you know Oof. so there was like obviously if i ever did he would help me out but yeah, yeah, there was, um, it definitely caused a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of life lessons came from doing graffiti. Yeah. What did you, like, what did you use to draw? Like, did you used to just tag or did you used to draw pictures and murals? And because I've seen your, like, recent stuff, but when you started I mean, out. I remember the city held, like, this graffiti competition. And that was kind of the first time that I went outside of just, like, writing whatever name I chose to write. And I painted like, uh, there's this famous tree that's on the way to a mountain town. It's called a Bur the Burmese tree. And it was like 120 years old or something. This tree had been like struck by lightning, hit by whatever. And it was still somehow standing there. <laughs> and my parents always loved that tree. We'd always stop and take pictures of it. So I painted like sunset with, the, with that tree. And then I wrote the prime minister's name, Ralph, in graffiti, like underneath of it. And I won this graffiti competition. Wow. I think I won like 500 bucks or something. <laughs> and then I won like the opportunity to paint a mural. Whoa. And it was at this like Chinese convenience store in <laughs> Calgary. Yeah. So then I like went there and the guy was, uh, he didn't speak fairly any English. And I was like, oh, I'm here to paint the mural. And I was like, what do you want on the wall? And he was just like, essentially like look around my store like that's what I want you know like we rent movies we have ice cream so I just took like all of these ideas of what was in his store and I just wrote I just like did like illustrations essentially with spray paint on the wall Whoa. I wrote like ice cream movies snacks like all this thing with like little kind of like doodads around it to like illustrate those words you know wow what like how one thing I'm always really curious about, particularly with you, and I've seen you, I've seen you do that uh, in person, where I was telling you this was when you wrote a card just to rejog your memory. If you don't remember, you wrote a, a card for my friend Nicholas and his family, yeah. and um, you know I was telling you about Jason, who had passed, and you were just. I don't know, you, you just this kind of different energy came about you. I could tell you were thinking, you were visualizing, and as all this was happening, you were just drawing it. Like when you when you get an idea or when someone says, Can just look around my store, like what you know, do you just you're just taking things and then do you see it in your head or you see nothing and you're just creating? Like how is that process for you? It's interesting because now I've been learning a lot about what I see and what I actually need to paint, you know, like I'll yeah. have this idea in my head of like, this, maybe I saw something on Instagram or I like was inspired by a book that I was reading or history of art or whatever. So I'm like in this zone and I'm like thinking in my head, like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then I start painting and I'm like, Whoa, like this <laughs> isn't anything like what I had in my mind. Yeah. On some level it is, but learning to just accept the way that I paint, you know, like yeah. people are like, Oh, I can't draw an eyeball or I can't draw hands. Like you can, yeah. but you just have to accept the way that you see it. Yeah. Realistically, everyone sees things differently. And that's the way that that's your perception. That's the way that you draw it, you know? Yeah. And the way so, that it, and the way that it, it comes out, I guess that, that hand eye coordination, because we all know that you get better at painting and at drawing. But I think totally. there's something there's something quite, you know, what is better? What is, 
what it's so subjective you know i think there's something really epic about artists that just you're just responding you're just moving you're just moving and you're expressing in the moment and i think there's it's always going to be subjectively good or bad quote unquote but um, well i think that with like graffiti there's generally no like um blueprint for how things are supposed to look so even if you see that you have it's like freestyle rapping or something i guess you can't really compare that but (laughs) because if you mess up then you know that you messed up something didn't rhyme or whatever but with graffiti there's no blueprint to it so when you're painting there's no like desired outcome it's just whatever it is and people see it for that whereas if you're trying to like you're sitting up a booth and you're drawing a portrait of somebody and you like their eyes crooked or like their nose doesn't look like their nose then there's a lot more pressure on you to like do that you know yeah so i have so much respect for tattoo artists because some days i'm drawing and i'm like a little sketchy or had too much coffee or like whatever and it's like yeah it's on That's a piece permanent. of paper so it's fine but like to do a tattoo and like nail them all the time is like super impressive though Kia ora guys, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I'm just jumping in here for a moment to tell you guys about my Patreon page. And Patreon, for those of you who don't know, is an incredible service that enables creators like me to be supported by wonderful people like yourself. And it's an incredible thing for artists to be independent, to not have to go through record labels or through publishers or through producers and all of these things. We can just actually connect with one another. So Patreon is a service that really helps make this happen. So my page is below if you click the link, which is www.patreon forward slash Kieran McMeekin. And I know you won't be able to spell that because I can barely spell it. So click the link below, go and check it out. Uh, There's a video there that will tell you all about it. There's also some information there about why I've started it, what it means to me and how it helps not only support this podcast but support my music and a bunch of other things that I'm doing. So how it works is there's a tier system there and with a bunch of awesome benefits it's ranging from uh what have we got we've got access to all of my music there's free tickets there's uh, access to exclusive podcasts exclusive music all sorts of awesome content so go check this this out after this podcast of course see if it's for you if so amazing if not amazing apart from that enjoy the rest of this podcast guys peace yeah but so super exciting eh? the times that i've I remember I used to do a lot of covers gigs, you know, like play in pubs and just play other people's songs. Yeah. And I did that for like two or three years and it just got to the point right near the end of that period of my life where I was just getting so sick of playing the same songs over and over and over again that I would just I would just start making stuff up on the spot and starting making loops and and there was something so exciting and you I found this really amazing presence that came that came when I was just creating a loop on the spot and and making a making a new song. Um, but I, f- I found like when I would it would be such a rush that I would you know the next week I would come back and I would try and do it and I would remember <coughs> that thing that I created and I would try and recreate it and I'd lost I'd lost that special feeling of creating something new like <coughs> it was so natural for me to go back to the safety of what I knew. Um, because you're safe, like you know what you're doing, you know what I mean? But that place that you're talking about where you, you are creating, you're in the moment, it's like, and there's people there, like this could, this could be awful, but this, this could be brilliant. (coughs) And even if it's not like, you know, quote unquote, the best piece of music, it's still really exciting to be creating something in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, do you get like a rush? Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, man, for sure. Just to like, <laughs> well, that goes back to like having the blueprint, you know? Like, it's, yeah. if it's like this, like this, like this, like this, then you have this like, for me, I find I grow, like, I progress while I'm doing it, like almost immediately. Yeah. So I'm almost like over what I'm painting before I'm even done painting it. <laughs> yeah, wow. But a lot of the time, if it's a big thing and I have to go back to it, I'm like <laughs> yeah. in a different mindset or like if I slept through a night and then had to go back to something i'm like ooh, like it's mm. hard to get back into that same flow of how you felt the day before yeah a lot of the time i like to just like work fairly fast and just like smash something out in like one kind of feeling you know rather yeah. than like stepping back into it but 
I think there's a beauty in both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear that. Like <clears throat> I'm in a similar thing at the moment doing a, I'm doing a songwriting challenge and it's a song a day. Boom, 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 boom. <coughs> and there's, there's a lot of merit in that. And I've written songs in the past that have taken me months and that equally is satisfying. It's just a very different, different thing. And that equally is valuable. It's just, again, it's a different thing, you know? Um, but there's something, I think there's something quite exciting about creating a lot. And, and because I think when you're creating a lot, it forces you to go to different places. Like even just, I mean, mm -hmm. scrolling through your Instagram feed, I can literally, like it's so, it's so dynamic, you know? Like it was even, I mean, you've got it, just the latest, the latest recent scroll, if you will, is such a good example because, I mean, the top layer, you've got these epic boxes which I, I was really cool because I've just really super recently started getting into not me boxing, but started to become interested in listening to boxes and watching them. There's something kind of interesting about it. I don't know why MMA and just, I'm just curious about it. So when I saw that, I was like super, you know, just attracted to it, but staying on point, you've got these boxes here and then you've got these like um, kind of Japanese looking words Chinese looking words and then you've got some like symbols and then it's coming down into some like more psychedelic stuff and then you've got these this like kind of really cool sequence of like Alan DeGeneres and someone else there which is it's, it was just like I mean you can just tell it's almost like a week's past and you've totally changed your style there's no there's no similar similarities between that little that those three sequences yeah, I've been trying to write my like artist statement for galleries and stuff lately. Say and that again. I'm always you're, like, yeah, trying I'm to like, do what? I like write my artist statement. Oh, like a yeah, like okay. who I am as an artist. Yeah. Selling myself, I guess. Yeah. And it's really interesting because of that, you know. Like every day, I feel so different, and yeah. I'm always like searching for my my voice as an artist, or like what I can be known for. Because most like, you know, famous artists are known for that one thing, but no one looks at like where that came from or yeah. the other things that they maybe studied, you know? Yeah. But I don't like to like, people always ask like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, like, it's hard for me to say, like, I want to say like, oh, I focus on illustration or I focus on large scale yeah. murals or I focus on sculpture, but really I just focus on creating something every day. <laughs> yeah, like man. unapologetically too like this is just what i did today like those yeah. boxers i was like i had this idea i did a whole series where i painted at, with the same hand or sorry with both hands at the same time with my eyes closed what yeah and then i was like i wanted to take that and actually do like paintings like somehow line up like the colors that i like say i pick five colors and i have them all there and I don't know how I find which color is which, but I have like a blindfold on and I'm painting like two large scale paintings at the same time. For some reason, Mike Tyson is just such an, like he's such a, a character to me, you know, yeah. like you couldn't script like a better character out of someone, you know, when you see those people where you're like, who created that? You know, like yeah. he's such an interesting person to me. Yeah. I don't even know why. Yeah, I was, it's I've so always funny. just wanted to draw him, you know? So the yeah. other day I was in my studio and I was like, okay, I need to just make something here. You know? So then I drew him and then I was like, okay, what's another boxer that is interesting? And I'm like, okay, Muhammad Ali's like the guy, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, who else? And then I was like, oh yeah, Butterbean, you know? But who's Butterbean? I don't know who that guy is, but he's like, for some reason from like my childhood of watching sports highlights with my dad i see like this dude you know and he's like the big this, guy like, the big over <coughs> yeah he's like this big <laughs> bald overweight dude with like america shorts on you know and he's like knocking that, dudes out that's so, so great those, man that's the, those that's are just so the guys that came up with in my mind but yeah i man i really like the butterbean one there's just something really uh ironic about it but mm. you know and, and uh, i don't know it's just really it's just it's a really just kept it just captured me immediately i was like that's so cool um it's funny because i got so many messages from people about those too like people yeah. interacted with those so much more than stuff that like comes from my soul you know <laughs> yeah it's funny man that, that's one of the the very strange things about art and any kind of art is like what people resonate with mm. and the thing 
the thing I like about what you said before is like everyone does want to box you and everyone, everyone just because they just want, that's how conversations work. It's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, I do this. Or, and it's like, okay, next thing, you know? But it's like the, the reality is it's very complex. Like nature, create creation itself is very complex. It's like, and it's always changing. It's like if you ask the world, what what do you do? <laughs> the world's <laughs> like, fuck, man. Like I, I do tornadoes. I do like earthquakes, you know, I do like. Yeah, I'm just volcanoes. trying to solve problems that I created, you know? That's what the world's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like humans, I, I really feel are no different to that yet. I think the more we've developed and we've become sophisticated and everything's, I think because we become aware of how volatile the earth is, it's so scary. So we try and control everything and, and everything. And that shows itself as like, what art do you do? Like who, who, and you know, what box do you fit into? Because it's safe. It's safe yeah. in that conversation. It's safe for artists when they're trying to pitch you. Sorry, for galleries when they're trying to pitch you or they're trying to sell, sell you, you know, all this this weird stuff. And I, dude, I get it. It's just, it's a funny, it's a funny thing because I, I am aware of that myself even in my music. And I, I still, I, I like writing pop music. I, I like writing um with that, that structure, that format of like a, having a chorus there, you know, that, that will, people can sing along, you know, I like that um, unity yeah. that, that, that kind of pop format can bring. But within that, you're so, you're free to do anything really. You're free to talk about anything. You're free, any chords you want. Um, I think just from seeing you play, <laughs> the energy that you create when you get people to sing along and like how vibrant you are to, ask people to like get outside of their comfort zone and join you in the song mm. is to me what music and what art you know, is all about is like connecting people because you can't do it alone you know yeah like, how do you how do you maybe you can but it's just like it's so much better when yeah dude like I, I mean but oh just i mean you can do it alone but my experience and, and i don't want to speak for any other musician here but my experience is like when I'm doing music alone, when I'm performing music alone, that is, it's so, for me, it's not enjoyable. When I'm writing music alone, that's a different beast that's creating. But when you're performing, for me, performance, the whole point of performance for me is to connect. It's not necessarily about the expression of what I'm trying to do. I, I, I've found for me, I, I express myself a lot more through things like the podcast, chatting to my friends through exercise these are ways that i i feel like i can express myself but with music i and through songwriting but with in terms of like performing for me it's much more about connection so it doesn't make sense to perform by myself it's like unless i'm you know in the moment busking or something and i'm just feeling it for whatever reason but that's such a rare rare thing but i mean for well like what in terms of i mean I don't know if painting is performing so much, but I don't, I don't know if, is that something that you have in your mind? Like, do you want to connect with people through your art or is it more of an expression? I think it depends on the setting, but like through my experiences of traveling through Central and South America, whenever I'd like, I would just go to this little town and buy some paint, figure out what supplies I had, and then just literally go knock on doors. And be like, hey, can I paint this wall? What? Somebody be like, somebody be like, yeah, you can't paint this one, but go ask that guy, and you can paint that wall, you know? Oh, cool. And I'd be like, and then, then I would just have some idea, like whatever it was. In Mexico, I was painting like Volkswagen buses. I saw them a lot. Yeah. You know? In Ecuador, I was painting kind of abstract volcanoes because that's what was around, masks and things like this. But when I was painting, you would have like a full family just come and sit on the curb and watch you paint, you know? Yeah. And just like it was like. That was their entertainment for the day. Mm -hmm. Then you have some guy with his mango cart come by and be like, hey, can you paint my mango cart? And you're like, yeah, sure. You know, and then somebody's like, hey, I have this wall over there. You want to come paint that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, like one thing just leads to a next. And it was really interesting here in Bali. I was like, okay, I want to focus full time on my art and I want to paint large scale murals. How are people going to know that that's what I do? I'm thinking, I'm like, well, it's got, I have to go paint. 
So then I just went, I asked this like massage place. I was like, hey, can I paint this wall? They're like, yeah, sure, go for it. I'm like painting this wall and then people are coming by and this dude's like, yo, like, I need you to come paint my hostel. I'm like, awesome, paint his hostel. Somebody else sees me painting that. Like, yo, I want my house painted. I want a canvas, like whatever it is. It's just like, to put yourself out there is when people are gonna see you doing it. Yeah. And then one thing leads to the next and yeah. So that's, there that's, is a- I mean, to me, that's performing. Yeah, 100%, I'm man. I'm up there doing this, doing that. There's some sort of performance involved there. Are you, are you consciously thinking about it as a performance? Are you aware that you're being observed? And is there, does that somehow change your energy and change your perception on what you're doing in a good or bad way? I think it depends on what point people see me at, you know? Yeah. Because there's like stuff where I'm comfortable with, like the refining of things and do to do. But like with these murals that I was, I'm speaking about there, I made a brush that was like a meter wide where I connected four brushes with plywood. And then I would like dip it in paint and like do these big, like <laughs> drastic brush strokes where it was like, you're using so much paint for one motion, you know? Whoa. But you're kind of like dancing across the wall. And that's what I love about spray paint too, is that you can use like whole body and yeah i'd imagine that if from afar it would look like you were kind of dancing wall. yeah is there a certain do you find that you get into a certain flow or a certain mind state you know the times i've observed you doing it just pensively looking out to is it batu belong the street that do you yeah do you still work there i don't actually know <coughs> when you used to work that's at, kind uh, of what brought me here and then yeah like having you perform there and Kind of my my dharma i guess was connecting people and you know focusing on people's talents and showcasing that yeah the place that i'm at now which is called kinship studios literally has a bigger roof and just a little bit more opportunity for me to take that full on of like doing workshops hosting exhibitions connecting artists with the right people clients with the right artists and yeah it's a it's a really beautiful place to be i still go there and do their chalkboards yep What's the, like, how's it, yeah, right. How's it, how's it been going? Like, how is that, how is the kind of art scene, you know, the people, because Bali's to me such an interesting place because it, it seems like a place where people come and they spend six, you know, two weeks, three months, six months, obviously apart from the locals, but it's quite, you know, you being there for two years is quite uh, unusual and, you know, um, other people, you know, is there, is there a firm kind of base there? Is there a lot of people that just live there and, and they're looking to, you know, put down roots and, and get involved with the community and how's it, how's it? Been I going? think there is, <coughs> well, I know there is, it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of hidden away a little bit. Right. But it's also really hard to like make money here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it is. So I think you have to have like some sort of foundation coming here to be able to do that. Yep. For me, I've never had the patience to like set up that foundation. I kind of just took whatever I had and just like went for it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, it's going to work out. And even to this day, like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think about like a retirement fund. I don't think about, I should maybe, but me i was like retired like five years ago you know when i just decided like i'm not going to work any job that i don't want to work yeah so to be able to just live with what i have and accept that and like okay cool i got some money i'm gonna go get this invest more in some art supplies and get a bunch of paper and get a bunch of paint so that i can just like not have to worry about creating things or whatever it is like yeah but to answer your question yeah, Bali has a really cool scene and it's like, uh, it's a melting pot of people from all over the place. And having recently done lots of workshops with kids, the local kids are really amazing with what they see on a daily basis of their parents making these um, offerings and using their hands to create beautiful things. They take mm -hmm. so much more time and so much more pride in what they're creating and their attention span is much longer, I think, because they don't have an iPad where you can yeah. just change your mind instantly or get dis distracted by this and move on to this so fast you know yeah so they have one project and they just put so much more into it than 
from my experience what a lot of the western kids that are mixed into the class are, are doing you know <laughs> yeah it's super weird to have you know these like two minute videos uh you know let's just use instagram igtv as an example where it seems to be completely algorithm based and you'll be watching a random video or whatever and then it'll end and it'll immediately cut to something else completely different and your brain has just been like absorbed in one world and then it's immediately in another world and i can't right now i've never really thought about this before but i can't draw a comparison to where else that would happen you know like if you're reading a book or whatever it's pretty consistent you know you're in a world for a sustained amount of time and it'll transition naturally <coughs> into another world or if you're watching a film it's still one universe but in this kind of like ipad world it's so like just like one thing and then boom next thing and i'm just saying it's unhealthy or whatever it's just super weird yeah i mean for me too like i'm yeah i think we're all just like so possessed by them you know yeah it's weird I just I, yeah, I mean, I'm I, on one right now, so it's like it, yeah. it, there's a balance of good and bad with it, and then yeah, yeah, I'm always struggling to find that that balance. Sure. Yeah, man, I think yeah, me too, and I think we all are because it's so it's so enticing, it's so exciting to to like to be entertained and to be curious and to learn things. Like YouTube is such an amazing place, Google is mm. such an amazing place, and it's always there. Like you have amazing at your fingertips and you also have absolute moronicness at your fingertips too. Um, and I think we can, we can only take a certain amount of amazing, you know, but, but it's, I don't know, it's an escape. So we, we can be drawn into the more, you know, the mundane and the, I guess the more guilty pleasure side of the internet as well. So it's, yeah, it's a funny one. It's just it's really interesting when you hear, say, perspectives like what you just shared about observing the differences in, say, an activity, kids painting, noticing how Balinese kids paint and and how, you know, North American kids paint, and yeah. drawing a you know a connection. It's like, well, this could be a reason why. iPad on one side, no iPad on the other side. No, and I asked these two Western kids there. I was like, oh, what? Like, you guys live in the area? They're like, yeah. We just had a sleepover last night. I'm like, cool. What'd you guys do? And the answer was played iPads. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, each other? Like, right? do they have an iPad each? Or are they like warring? Right? Like, I don't, I was just like, oh, and then I'm like trying to think of like, oh, I don't know, man. It's so, it's a very interesting place to be. Yeah. What about like for you now, uh, being, you know, being in Bali for two years, like, are you, are you kind of like putting roots down there or are you like, what, where's your head at now? I haven't seen you in a year and a half. I think you were only, you know, pretty fresh to Bali when, when I first, when we first met. Um, I don't really think too far ahead. I mean, I just work with what I have on working visas and that's generally a year at a time. Yep. My girlfriend teaches yoga here and she loves it here and i love it here and we like being together here because it offers like you know an affordability and um i think it's a bit slower pace yeah. than you know australia or canada offers mm -hmm. that's really beautiful oh, I miss and it's it. really amazing just to see how accepting balinese people are you know the only yeah. people that you really find complaining about, oh, this used to be like this and this used to be like this are people that aren't from. So, and the really? Bali people just don't complain. You just like see them go about their day. They're like, this is the corner that I put this offering on every morning for my whole life. And now there happens to be a bunch of like loud motorbikes and people driving around drunk and like <laughs> madness, but it doesn't matter to them. They're just mm. like, I can still walk and put this there. You know, like yeah. that's what I need to do today. So it's, um, yeah, there's a lot to learn here, I think. And for me, the freedom to create is a beautiful thing. And that's where, that's what I want to do is create. So just make, mm. yeah, without it's limitations, a... like without people being like, oh, you got to go through this municipality and you got to ask this person to build that there and this person to paint that there. And people don't care here. They're like, as long as you're not messing with people, like on yeah. like a 
safety level. Even that, they, they don't care. <laughs> Make whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. There's some, there's a, a funny thing I think in the the whole Western paradigm of art and success, and it's you know it's like we're, we're like you mentioned before, like we we all have to make money, um, but. I think there's there's something really appealing about just man just making and not worrying about the success side of things and like you just see I mean you see firsthand like your where your mind is going you're just trying things you're just blindfolding yourself and painting and tying things together I mean it's just it really is like pure creativity and this is what happens when you put artists creative people outside of that western paradigm of like you know um <sighs> you've got to do this. You've got to go play on this TV show. You've got to go, you know, play at this concert and you've got to earn a certain amount and then you're successful. It's like, there's none of that. It's just like, what, like what excites me today? What, what is calling for me to do? What, like, what's my intuition trying to tell me? And I guess that like, it seemed to correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems to be your, your paradigm as opposed to that conventional artist way yeah i think that i've always just questioned things and wondered why it's things are the way they are you know and mm. um yeah i've just through experience i just know that whatever i'm doing now is setting me up for what's next and not to ask too many questions about it just to kind of accept things and move on and know that i can't change anything that's happened and that all they can do is just work hard towards what's next. Yeah. That's all we can do. I just, I, I really admire your, I guess, like level of maturity and, and because it, I imagine for a lot of people Thank and you. I, I get this myself. It's just, it can be a bit of anxiety that comes up around where's my next paycheck coming from? What, like, what, what am I, what am I going to do? Like, I need to, I need to be doing these things and I need to, you know, it just, it can be a little concerning sometimes, but I don't know. Is there a level of just trust where you're just like, nah, that's all good. Like it'll come in. Money will come in when it needs to. I mean, throughout, like I did a bicycle adventure that took me three years from Canada to Patagonia. Yeah. And I left with pretty much no money. Like I had $1,800 like to my name to go whatever it was, 15,000 kilometers. And there's so many times where I ran, I was like at zero, but I didn't owe anybody any, but I was the key. Like I didn't, if I was at zero, I was just at zero, you know? So for me to not, I keep that pretty like straight, like not have any debt so that if I'm at zero, I'm just flat. Yeah. Scary not to like have a pile of savings just in case something happens or whatever it is, but Yeah. I just try to, I just know that where I'm at is where I'm supposed to be. And that if I need something, then I can get it. And then there's a difference yeah. between needs and wants, you know, like, yeah, that's it. That's a bit, yeah, that's a beautiful thing, man. It's like, I don't know. It's funny. It's, to me, you just, it's like, there's an acceptance. It's like, this is what I have. And it's like, I accept it. Yeah, work with it. Yeah, period. There's no if, but. But then and... I think I don't have any jobs and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Mm. And then all of a sudden I have five people like, oh, I need this, I need this, I need this. And I'm like, cool, this is my price. And they're like, awesome. And I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. That worked? What? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah, people, um, I hope that people are inspired by it. And it's not really my intention with how I live or what I do, but it's cool that people want to support what I do with their, however they earn their money. And they want to like, recently I've gotten pictures from people that bought my art or I gave them art in like 2003 or 2004. And they're like, I still have this piece in my living room. Yeah. Like what dude? Like I think about what I hang in my living room or like in my room and it means so much to me, you know, like, yeah. So it's really cool that people still hold on to that, you know, like they've moved houses. Like I had a friend who messaged me the other day and he's like, dude, I've moved like 
five houses and now I just bought my first house and your piece is like on my desk from like yeah. 2004. Dude, that's, like, that's saying something, man, because like I have, my girlfriend has some paintings in here that she did, but they just did not go with the color scheme. It's just like, sorry, it's gone, you know? So to have a, <laughs> a painting that's just like, and even if she did it, it's like, sorry, it didn't go with the scheme, love. To have a painting that just lasts, <laughs> what is that? Just like 15 years. <laughs> That's an epic. Yeah, man. And I'm like, what? Like, when you move, you purge. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. like, I don't need this anymore. <clears throat> so that's kind of become the goal. It's like, and have some friends who have a brand called Black Saw, and their whole thing is meaningful possession. Yeah. It's creating something that, like, to me, when you move, there's no question if you're not going to put that in the box that you're moving, you know? Yeah. With the book that I created and with the art that I'm trying to make right now, I'm like, I strive for that. And I really want people to like take it with them or like at least give it away to somebody, not just like throw it away, you know? Like, yeah. I want it to last. Tell me about the book, bro. I saw it briefly the, I, uh, through your the website, Picnic. Tell me about it. Picnic. Let me grab guys. it. Is it just like a so? Oof. This is this is it. This Gorgeous. is the the reflection of my three-year bike journey through the Americas, and it's yeah, it was like a four-year, five-year like thought process, and now it's like something tangible that wow. eighty of my friends or people that support me have on their coffee tables or in their bookshelves. That's stunning, man. Yeah, so it's fully handmade in Bali. Cool. It's got it's all recycled paper. Yeah, and every page has been touched by someone. And even like the pages that are recycled have history to them and a story because it's so many pieces of paper of other things that have happened to create one piece of paper. So. Mm. Yeah, my friend and Heiss, who's an amazing friend and graphic designer, created it. Cool. And it's, uh, yeah, it's full of beautiful photos and memories from what I've learned. Wow. Talk me through the, the process of cycling. How many miles? 1,500 miles Canada to Patagonia? Oh, dude, I think I ended up doing like almost 30,000 kilometers. What? Yeah, it's like, I think it was 15 countries. 30,000 kilometers total yeah i think if you went straight it's like 14 or 15,000 from where i was to where i wanted to go but you're zigzagging i did a lot of zigzagging yeah coast to coast up down left right getting lost isn't it only like 5,000 kilometers from east to the west coast of the states it's like 2,000 i don't know miles exactly something. something like that 34 yeah something like that i think uh there was a girl Bill Wilcox, she did it in 18 days, I think. Cycling. Yeah. She wow. won the Trans Am against all the men. She won. That's epic. Yes. So t you just, you just up and left. Like what was the motivation to go? You just like. I had a, I wanted to go snowboarding in Chile. So I decided that riding down. my bike was the way to get there. And I <laughs> thought that I could make it in eight months. Too, so it was like. I'm sure this whole story could be a whole nother podcast, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, in short, it was, I had this desire to go and I knew that people had done it before. So I, I knew it was possible. I pretty much told everyone what I was doing and then I had everything against me not to do it. And then I, I had to just like, I told everyone I'm leaving October 1st and then October 1st came and I left. <laughs> And I didn't have like maps and I didn't have like a route plan. I didn't really have shit. I was just like, I'm going south. Fuck, Which way man, south? so courageous. Hmm. And then I was like, yeah. And then I never really, once I figured out that I wasn't going to make it there for that winter, I was like, all right, next winter. And then once I figured out I wasn't going to make it for that winter, I was like, okay, next winter. And then yeah, it was like four winters after that, that I actually made it there and went snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> What was the hairiest uh, moment 
of the whole trip? The hairiest or the hardest? Uh, the two kind of go, what, how would you differentiate between hardest and hairiest? hairiest no, I guess, to me, no, 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 the hairiest is like the like most like closest call. Happened, like, you know? Yeah. Mm, thankfully, I never really was in like a position of direct danger, you know? Hmm. The scariest or like the hairiest thing would be like, and why I eventually avoided highways altogether. Like you're going down a two lane highway and there's a, like a huge semi truck or a lorry. I don't know what you guys call them, but yeah, one of them passing the other one. Oh no. And you're like in the shoulder. So you don't have one like coming against you and one coming towards you. You have two coming towards you, you know, oh, fuck and you that. have like this like gap of maybe like, how wide your arms are if that of like error that could like and then there's a ditch on this side or like whatever is on this side oh. so you're just like holding tight and you're like whoa and then i ended up meeting a, a truck driver at this like hot springs and i asked him i'm like what's it like for you <laughs> to like see a cyclist on the road and like drive past him you know he's like man it's so scary he's like it's like it, the truck feels like it's on rail. So you're going oh. and you just have to like make sure that that steering wheel is held as tight as it can be in the like lane that you're in. Because it, all the truck wants to do is just go like this and just follow the grooves in the road. So he's like, you see that person and you're like, you just hold tight, dude, and just like go. And it, that, that to me, the highway is definitely the hairiest, the hairiest part oh. of the whole thing. God, I just like was frozen then with just terror of mm. that moment <laughs> that was the thing about traveling by bicycle is that everyone knows like how it feels to ride a bicycle even if you're just like going to the store like whatever you know if yeah, there's a hill that you live on you're like shit like i don't want to bike up a hill you know yeah so no matter where i was whether i was 100 kilometers from my hometown or i was 10 countries away people ask you where you came from and they're like wait what <laughs> you know even where you came from that day yeah what? and a lot of the time these were like you know you end up trusting in people that walk places you know like in ecuador or when you're in the mountains and you're like how far is it till we can get some food and the lady's like mm, it takes me six hours to walk there yeah and you're like whoa like yeah so it should take us like three or four you know or people are yeah. like you can't go that way. <coughs> yeah. And then we'd be like, well, I'm going that way. Like <laughs> we'd end up like, I don't know, especially with my friend Kyle, who I spent over a year and a half on that trip with, mm. we just became like wherever we shouldn't be going or whatever was the hardest possible way to go is the way that we were going because the, the reward for those moments was so grand you know? yeah. and the places you got to see and the people who had never seen anyone western come through their place or like on a bicycle or like you know like, why are you here what are you looking for you know yeah yeah that's a pretty pretty exciting feeling and something the whole thing was so beautiful man like yeah still look back on it and do you have any yeah. dreams to do something uh of equal nature i'm sure you do i'd love to ride like um to alaska Oof, yeah i think just being anywhere in nature and anywhere that like the the bus doesn't go and the tourists just like simply don't have any desire to see are the most beautiful spaces you know that's the cool thing about physical exertion and and you know going off hiking or, or you know running or cycling is that you will because it's effort it takes a lot of effort and you'll mm. get to these amazing places that tourists won't go to you know and I can only imagine, I think the furthest I've ever been is like seven, it was a 17 mile, uh, kilometer hike, pretty much 14 kilometers in, three, kilo, three kilometers basically up. And I mean, that that's still very tame, but. It, yeah, but were, comfort zones are all personal, you know, so it's yeah. like. We were, you know, we were the we were the only ones there. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're isolated and 
it's such a it's such a beautiful feeling and it is satisfying because it's like man this is these are views you will only get if you venture off the beaten track and experiences you'll only get if you push your body if you push yourself to your limit yes yeah, <laughs> i mean the life lessons and the the people that i met and the experiences that i had on that were yeah they shaped me into like who i am today and I don't know. People are like, that's so crazy. But yeah. like, I had never ridden a hundred over a hundred kilometers in my whole life before that. So it was like, I had never gone camping on my bike. I'd never like done a lot of those things. And it was just learning as I went. And mm. yeah, super beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, there's a, that I've noticed that in my own life recently, just this um, kind of like a lacking of adventure. You know, I just sort of kind of hold up in a in a one one spot and no car and no, and you really notice it. I notice it in myself. I'm like, what's missing in my life? And it's that real sense of adventure that we all find um, in small things. You know, like going to on micro levels of like going to new cafes or going to a new part of town or going to a new town, going to a new city. It's all part of that thing that kind of fills up the the adventure quota that I think is is a part of being a human as to to uh, i don't want to say for everyone but i think for a lot of us that sense of adventure the sense of journey is super exciting and you feel so alive you know when you're in a new place it's super healthy like it's so, so energizing like i bet when you came back you were super inspired to like create and just have so much i mean when, when was that was that like three years ago five five years ago I left October 2014. I came <coughs> home December 2017. And I came to Bali like three months later. Yeah. So when we and I've been here ever since. Because so. I remember you telling me a little bit about it. That was still pretty fresh when you got back. I bet you're still kind of riding the curtails of that inspiration wise. I'm, I'm sure you still draw and think back and remember things that inspire you, memories and. Oh, it's in people that I talk to all the time, man. There's so many mm. like people that are a part of my life forever now that um, I met on that trip or that, you know, some way that I inspired or they inspired me or whatever it is. And yeah, and all the, yeah. Bro, one final thing before we go, I would really love to hear just what, it's probably quite a big story, but like the initial inspiration you said before, I never want to work for someone else again. I have a similar thing and I know a lot of people do where it's like, screw this, man. I'm going paving my own my own way, whatever that looks like. Like talk me through that moment for you. Like was there a, was it a shitty boss, shitty job? Was it just a, a calling from something higher or, or what was it for you? Yeah, I think it was just like, like an accumulation of all of those things, really manly. Yeah. Okay, what do I like to do? Like, I love skateboarding. I love snowboarding. I'm going to go work in that. Mm. And I think somebody once told me like, you need to look at like your, at the person that's like the highest kind of like step of where you could be with whatever you're doing. And is that person happy? And is what they have something that you desire? Mm. So I'd like look at the guys at the skateboard shop and the owners of the skateboard shop that I worked at are still like family to me and they support me like beyond anything I could ever imagine. Hmm. And it's because I treated their, their business like my own. And often I would be asked like, Oh, is this your shop? You know, cause I had passion in it. Yeah. But I was like, I was working on like driving a rock truck, you know? And I'm like, cool. You're making like whatever, $30 an hour. But you're sitting there listening to like the shitty radio. You're just like eating like a bunch of junk food. And you're around people that you're like, dude, I'm not inspired by you, man. Like you're smoking like two packs of cigarettes a day. Like you don't like, you know, having lunch with them. You're just like, oh, I don't know. Not <laughs> nothing against those people either. Like that's just doesn't path. Like, you. that's what yeah. they they're providing their families with whatever. But for me, there was no substance to it. There was no like, I want to be a rock truck driver for the rest of my life. I feel mm -hmm. like humans have more purpose than that. You know, like you have something that makes you unique that you need to share with the world and find that and go share it. Cause like, that's the 
that's the gift of life. Yeah. It, I mean, especially if you, you know, cause it, man, there's so many jobs out there for, you know, and, and everyone's so different, you know, like there's, there's people I'm assume that are just what we've been talking about, the adventure, the risk, the thing, it just doesn't appeal to them at all. It's much nicer to have a job that is secure and you can focus more on other things, you know, like maybe hobbies or, or hanging out with heaps of friends and stuff like that. It's just what you value more. But I certainly think for the people out there that that's not that's not the case and they, they have this calling, they have this like thing or it's like, oh, but there's that voice that is terrified of doing it. Those are the people yeah, you're talking to. I think it's to. just like take the first step and go to places like, you know, Mexico City, go to places like Medellin in Colombia, go to places that resonate with you or like that you, you feel like you have that calling. Go get outside of your comfort zone and meet people that are on a similar journey and a similar like path of discovery and yeah, get inspired by each other and just listen to people more. Yeah. I'm taking a little bit of a, a leaf from that book at the moment. But brother, thank you so much for your time, man. No, thank you, Karen. It's been such a pleasure, man. I always love chatting to you. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Well, I can't wait to do it again, man. Kia ora guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much to our sponsor, The Brothers Green.